When you use exceptional tools, you get exceptional results. Like Purdy's high quality brushes and roller covers. They're designed with excellent paint pickup and even paint release, which helps you finish the job faster. Good thing, because your client just decided she wants her kitchen color to be soulful gray, not summer gray. Guess you better write that change order. Make it perfect. Make sure it's Purdy, the number one brand preferred by pros. Get it at Lowe's. The topics and opinions expressed in the following show are solely those of the hosts and their guests and not those of W4CY Radio, its employees, or affiliates. We make no recommendations or endorsements for radio show programs, services, or products mentioned on air or on our web. No liability, explicit or implied, shall be extended to W4CY Radio, its employees, or affiliates. Any questions or comments should be directed to those show hosts. Thank you for choosing W4CY Radio. Welcome to Market and Mindset Mastery Radio Show with your host, Marie Mason. You're listening to the Market and Mindset Mastery Radio Show, the show that brings you the top speakers in the marketing and video industry. Hi, and welcome to Liberty Virtual Solutions. We present our podcast series called Marketing Mindset Mastery Radio Show, and I'm your host, Marie Mason. In this week's episode, we're going to discuss how to build an abundant business. You're also going to learn crucial information that will help your business grow. So make sure that you listen to us live every week on Thursday at uh, 6 p.m. Eastern on W4CY Radio. And I am going to ask you a quick question for you. Have you ever had a simple, ordinary moment in your life that made you laugh? Well, over the next few months, I'll be sharing some of my short stories with you called the Detective Mom Stories. I've been capturing moments of my real life that I really wanted to remember. And they're common everyday experiences that are from my own real life experiences. And the stories are sure to make you laugh and realize how simple ordinary moments can create some valuable lessons for us to learn from. Well, let me start by introducing you to one of my inspirations to writing my detective mom stories. And I don't know if you've ever heard of this person. His name is James Grover Thurber. He was an American cartoonist, Arthur humorous journalist and playwright and is known for his celebrated wit. He is best known for his cartoons and short stories that were published mainly in the New Yorker magazine in the 1950s and 60s. Should be directed My favorite to book show. that he published was in 1955 and it's called Thurber Dogs, which always made me laugh growing up. Especially when my dad would read it to me. He used to make voices. So imagine dogs with voices. That's always funny. So his humorous stories are an inspiration for my short stories. And over the next few months, I'm sharing my short stories with you called those detective mom stories. I've been capturing my moments in my life that I wanted to remember. And eventually, I'm going to be putting these short stories into a book. So and when that happens, I'll certainly let everybody know. But I am going to be sharing one of those short stories with you tonight. So um, be prepared to laugh because <laughs> I, I don't know about you, but I find certain stories just funnier than others. But anyway, when your teenage son gets the desire to bake anything, you never know what's going to happen. Today, my son came to me while I was on a conference call with my accountability partner. He comes in with to my viewpoint and shows me two sets of measuring spoons. He asked me which one will work for liquid and which for the dry food. Normal question for someone still learning to cook, but it just struck me as funny. But then he proceeded to ask which one works for baking soda. Then do, the other questions were, do we have any baking soda and where do we keep that? Okay, normal questions, right? So after politely answering his questions to both yes sets of both yes both sets of spoons will work for liquid and dry baking soda, and then instructed him that the baking soda was in the cabinet above the microwave, he proceeded to make the most delicious melt in your mouth chocolate chip cookies. Mm, they were a yummy treat. It was for his dad's birthday, along with a chocolate cake mug and a mug. Okay, this was back on April seventh this year. Just letting you know, because that's when my husband's birthday is. Um, his statement afterwards just it really just I had to agree with and then just gave me the most huge belly laugh ever. But he, he said, Mom, the one thing I hate about about cooking is the cleaning up afterwards. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I happen to agree with him about not liking the cleaning up afterwards. So I wanted to ask you, what is your funny kids baking story or funny favorite moment of your life? It doesn't even have to be about kids. I mean, we all have them. I mean, let's face it. 
life happens and there are some funny moments and we can really draw some lessons from that too first of all we, it's good that we're teaching our kids how to cook because he's been making some more food ever since that have been absolutely yummy and secondly we all can learn from these funny moments in our life right you know not what we like and don't like like not learning we don't always like to, to the results of having to clean up afterwards right but you know it's all part of you know growing up and learning so you're probably wondering how does this uh, story relate to the topic from this episode? Well, our guest speaker today is going to be talking about how to create an abundant business. Okay, maybe they don't exactly relate, but I was thinking abundant chocolate chip cookies and in abundant business. But, you know, maybe that was just my far-fetched thinking of how they relate. But um, my friend, good friend, Liz Wolf, uh, went, to, um, to, went from a technology background to being our coach. And her topic is the three keys to an abundant business. And our guest uh, speaker today will be having an engaging and a, a topic and will also provide crucial information to help you grow your business. So make sure you stay right here on W4CY.com for an amazing episode of Marketing Mindset Mastery. We go on the air every Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern and I want it on W4CY.com. Well, that ends this segment of our show. We'll be right back. And you are listening to the Marketing Mindset Mastery Radio Show with your host, Marie Mason. And we will go for a short commercial break now. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Marketing Mindset Mastery Radio Show. Liberty Virtual Solutions help coaches and small business owners in creating a clear marketing message that will attract paying clients through social media marketing for an increased marketing and sales conversion. Visit www.LibertyVirtualSolutions.com for more details. Welcome back. You're listening to the Marketing Mindset Mastery Radio Show. Welcome back to the Marketing Mindset Mastery Radio Show with your host, Marie Mason. Liz Wolf is our guest today, and I was wanted to let you know that her background is um, was basically, like I said before, she went, um, let me just backtrack here because I have lost my train of thought, and I apologize for that. But anyway, so she went from a technology background to being a coach, and that that's a amazing transformation right there just going from one career to changing to another so um, let me give you a little background for more than 20 years she helped them uh, get on um, oh, she, sorry I really need to back up today Our ne- uh, she actually is a coach for entrepreneurs just to make sure that I'm clear about what she does and so she helps entrepreneurs um, with taking action so that she can have confidence and be able to create an abundant business. So, and I'm probably butchering that sentence and I apologize for that. So uh, she can help straighten me out later. <laughs> so anyway, um, Liz got her entrepreneurial start growing up on the sheep farm on the Western Pennsylvania with her mother and two sisters. And later she moved to New York City to get far as away from learning uh, from the farming life as possible. Um, her inner entrepreneur spirit traveled with her and she created a successful computer consulting business with her husband, John. And eventually she transitioned out of the technology business to apply to her experience as a more interpersonal context. Today she's going to talk to you about the three keys of abundance uh, business. So Liz, take it away. Are you here? I am indeed. Hello and thank you so much, Marie, for having me on this today. I'm very excited to be here. And uh, I thought you did an excellent job with the introduction there. There's a lot of (laughs) A lot of mumble jumbles. So um, thank you. Yeah. It's, it's hard to keep it all all straight. And and, and and I'll be honest. I've had guests who've had a much more um, detailed uh, background. In some of the things that I've had to pronounce, were like, hmm, how do you say that and not get tongue tied? <laughs> so I appreciate the 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 positive feedback. So yeah. I. I'm really excited to have you share about our topic, which is the three keys of abundant business. But I do have a question for you. Um, And I wanted to ask you, could you give us a summary of what made you choose your career path for changing from like, you know, from going from your technology business into a coach? Absolutely. So, uh, you know, I, um, I would like to share some of the background of some of my background with you and, uh, 
And so, um, so it's helpful to know in context where I came from originally, which, as you already know, was a, a sheep farm that my mother decided when she when I was about five years old, she decided that she wanted she'd had enough of city life and she wanted to um, buy a farm and which she did. And then she started buying sheep. Now, I, I want to make sure that you don't miss the joke, though, because the joke, in case you don't didn't hear it is, you know, my last name is Wolf and I uh -huh. The sheep farm, right? So <laughs> that's funny. That was, oh, yeah. you know, in today's world, we could really do something with that, with marketing, you know, on social media and like that. In those days, um, we basically had printed flyers. And right. So, uh, you know, my mom and my two sisters and I. My dad was an engineer. He lived in Pittsburgh, and my parents, after they divorced. We basically became, uh, we, we created a cottage industry. My mother was a beautiful fiber artist, and she oh, used wow. to create quilts and sheepskin clothing and yarn and spinning. So we learned all that. So from a very young age, I was taken by my mother with my two sisters to these festivals where we would sell products. We would spin wool. We would shear sheep in the public. So, so that we could earn money because it was often um, a matter of, you know, what we ate or paying the paying the electric bill or whatever. To so we, I came from that sort of hard scrabble existence, the hard work of being on a farm, and this not just you know dairy farmers. Um, what happens is the truck comes and picks up the milk and takes it away, and then you get a check. With sheep farming, it doesn't work that way. So we had uh, we had to learn and to figure out how to survive and and thrive in through selling these products, which gave me a true uh, love of the the independence and the joy of being an entrepreneur. So, uh, but, so you ask, you know, how did I make that transition to what I did now? So there was that first transition where I went to college and then I decided that I really didn't want to live on a farm anymore. So I moved to New York City, and um, I actually had an interest in music at that time. And uh, in order to keep myself, uh, you know, being able to play, pay New York City rent, I did a lot of, I learned, uh, basically at that time, it was like Word Perfect. Remember Word Perfect? Oh, yeah. I hate to admit, I hate to admit it then, but yes, I'm dating, we're all dating ourselves now. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you know, I, I remember the moment I discovered that we that it had spell check. That was oh, like oh yes, that's that a, was, that was amazing. That's a lifesaver. <laughs> so, uh, so it was a big change for me in terms of me being able to uh, and, and, you know support myself and through technology. And what I learned was that I was very good at at training others in the. Uh, simplicity of, of translating the, co the complicated technology to making it simple so people could learn. So that's how I started. To make good profit, don't just focus on making a good profit. Focus on helping your customers improve their lives. They benefit and you make good profit. Just one of the lessons you'll discover in the New York Times bestseller, Good Profit by Charles Koch at goodprofitbook.com. My technology business, which actually I uh, did with my husband, and um, he, he's still doing that. That business still exists. He's still doing it. We worked with, we worked with companies doing customer relationship management software. Awesome. And um, so the reason that I wanted to give you all that background is because there came a time when I realized that I was supremely bored with technology. I had, you know, it had run its path, and I was, I had enough of that. But I felt very stuck because I was in this business with my husband. And uh, it conjured up a lot of experiences and concerns of me uh, abandoning him because he came into the business because of me. And now I was saying I wanted to leave to go do something else. And so... It took me a couple of years, um, three or four even, to fully make the transition where I was just doing my coaching. I was only interested in the business process and what 
what makes can make entrepreneurs successful. And I had to leave him behind. I mean, that doesn't sound very nice, but I. <laughs> you were still with him, married. You just were leaving him business. You were leaving the business and transitioning. Exactly. Business. Yeah, totally. Makes exactly. Sense. Exactly. Yeah. And that was even more challenging, right? Because I lived with him. <laughs> uh-huh. Totally get that. <laughs> So that that was some painful transition there. Um, while he found his footing, and I was able to find my footing, and uh, but I was felt so strongly that I was just done with technology. So you got to be thinking, you know, is, is that true for you or you know the people that are listening to this? What are you done with in your life that you're ready to move on from? Yeah. What do you have to dump to get out of, you know, what do you have to dump to get out of it? You know, cause you never know. Cause you have to leave some things behind and let them go. That's what it sounds like. Exactly. So, yeah. And that can be tough. And I think that's why a lot of people end up staying in the positions that they're in or in this, in the spaces that they're in there. They're, they feel tethered by something like that. And so mm-hmm. um, I had to work through that and Luckily, you know, he's a nice guy and we, we did, we worked through it. And so now I focus fully on entrepreneurs. Excellent. Now that's awesome. So that sort of brings me to another question. I mean, it sort of piggybacks with it a little bit, but it, can you remember like one, I I know you said you were feeling stuck and overwhelmed and scattered, but is there like one defining moment that made you change your direction? Yes, there was actually. I was uh, lying in bed next to my husband, and I remember because you know we live in New York City, so mm-hmm. there's uh, close. <laughs> and light. Everything is light. So yeah. you know, even though it was nighttime and we were we were talking, um, there there I just remember the lights going across the ceiling as the cars were driving by as we were talking, and um, by the way. When you have diff- something difficult to talk to a partner about, it's always good to do it where you are not looking at each other. I have found looking, being side to side rather than face to face is often a better way to communicate. And it was, um, so there we were, and I had been invited to participate in a train the trainer program. Now, I had been a technology trainer, and so I was very comfortable. What well, I used to teach people how to spin in front of large groups of people, right, as a kid. So I had... <laughs> Uh, become a technology trainer, which I was very skilled at. And I had the opportunity to participate in a train the trainer program, but this was for a transformational workshop, not for a technology workshop. And it was something that I strongly desired to do. And it was also something that I uh, felt I was very good at. And I had that defining moment where it was it was an investment, I think, of maybe about $8,000 at the time. And so it was not a decision I was making lightly, but I really could see so clearly that maybe that wasn't, you know, the magic pill or anything to do that particular program. But I could see how it was going to take me a lot longer to get where I wanted to go if I did not make a commitment to making the shift. And that moment where he and I agreed that we would invest the $8,000 for me to do that program was, it was a major- uh, Stretch, sounded like. Yeah, it was, it was major decision. It was, um, you know, a break is the word I'm looking for from, it was me really declaring, this is what I'm gonna be doing now. And I'm not gonna wait around for, you know, I'm not gonna just, sit around and hope things change because they're not gonna no makes perfect sense to me now i i totally relate i had to make some mental shifts uh, two or three years ago and and when i had opportunities to do some changing in my careers and you know when you're in between careers it's a good time to really evaluate yourself and then figure out what you really what you really are passionate about and what your heart's desire is and it sounds like you found your passion a little bit so um, and that's exactly one of the questions I wanted to ask was what are you uh, passionate about that is also a great question and and when I think back to that moment I didn't know in that moment that entrepreneurs were what I was passionate about all I knew was partly I knew I wanted to get away from the old and partly I I knew that I wanted to uh, part, 
I wanted to get on the personal side of business. I didn't want to be on the technology side. And so I wasn't clear. I didn't really know that was the other thing. You know, so much so often we think, oh, let me ha- I have to have it all figured out before I make the, the move. Well, no, actually. And sometimes you can't have it all figured out before you make the move. Um, so uh, I'm sorry. Can you repeat the question? Because I, <laughs> now, what I what I asked was, what are you most passionate about? Oh, right. so- yeah, got it. So thank you for reminding me. So You're welcome. The, I discovered as I worked with businesses that my passion was to help mostly entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, people, especially people who are just starting out in business because there's so much mindset work that has to be done in order to get the motivation moving to make that transition like what I did, right? You can imagine the fear. What if I spend $8,000 and, and I'm terrible or it's a complete flop or whatever. I might have all this fear around this. So I realized that my passion is helping entrepreneurs get past their fear so that they can take action with confidence. And that's what has you create an abundant business. Um, And why would I be passionate about that? Well, uh, frankly, you know, my mother was not a very good businesswoman. And we ended up with the farm going bankrupt. We had to sell the farm. This was, I was already in my 20s by that point. And it kind of felt like a failure, even though it wasn't, of course, but it felt that way to her. And I've always felt very sad about that because there were so many things that I, that now that I know now that if I could have known then, um, would have helped out. <laughs> yeah. So we all, you know, in my family, we refer to that as saving the farm, you know, we're going to save the farm. Mm-hmm. Um, the farm's long gone and that's okay, but I want to help other people to really have their dreams come true that, and, and really have their businesses and their brilliance be exhibited and get paid for it out there in the world. Right. I was going to say, I think at one point you were telling me an example of one of the problems you solved and for your family on the, when you were on the farm, because you said that you had so many struggles. I mean, you eventually lost the farm, but there was at least one situation. I think you told me that where you solved a problem and that kind of sparked this kind of interest in, in solving people's problems. Yes. Well, I have, um, as far as you know, the, living on a farm—that's all you do is solve problems. That is—that is basically everything. Um, but one of the things that I we had to figure out how to solve was how to sell our products and how to have them be at a profit. So I'm very, very grateful for that training that I had. I hated it. I'll be honest, I hated it. I hated having these tables at these festivals where people would come over and, you know, our, our items were, were, you know, like we used to, we used to say like, not everybody likes to eat lamb, right? Everybody likes to eat pizza, but not everybody likes to eat lamb. Um, you know, not everybody likes to wear wool. Oh, it's itchy, right? So we were always, always constantly combating these, you know, um, things. Sure. Concerns yeah. that people had and like, you know, beliefs about wool and lamb and, you know, things that we had to do. So we had to figure out how to solve those issues and the, and sell so that we could get that, get the money that we needed to survive. So we became very creative in how we promoted ourselves and our, and our um, products. And we came up with you know, good sales pitches and we had to find the right market. We had to find the people that liked wool and liked, (laughs) liked to eat lamb, right? I'm not going to sell my lamb to a beef eater. I'm going to sell it to a lamb eater. Exactly. You had to to find the right target market. There you go. (laughs) And I didn't know that's what it was called then, but that's exactly what it was. Yeah, and that's funny because you know you knew you learned at a very young age that you had to find the right people to match them with the right products and services, and so you were already learning to screen at that skill set at a very young age. So that's that's fantastic. So, um, 
hopefully we have a chance to go uh, into one more topic before uh, we go into a commercial break. And then you've agreed to stick around for the second half. So we're going to have even more training with you as well. So I wanted to make sure about that so that everyone knows about that. Um, so my, my next question is, uh, what is, can you give start doing like an introduction of what the three uh, keys to create an abundance bar? And then we're going to go into a deeper dive on the second segment. So if you wouldn't mind, do like a quick summary and then, then we'll go and then we'll take a quick break. So. Yeah, great. Thank you so much. Uh, yeah. Let me, let me leave you with a cliffhanger. So, the, uh, so what I always say, th this is something that I learned through doing the business, you know, whether it was on the farm or the technology or doing my coaching, um, if I were to ask our audience, what are the three things that you think would make for a, a abundant business? What are the keys that you need? And the, for the most part, people respond with the following three things. They say either, um, I have to be very disciplined. I have to work really, really hard. I have to have good time management. So that's very important thing that people are constantly working on. How do I manage my time? How do I increase my productivity? The second thing that people will say is, how do I get to know the right people? I need to know the right people. And uh, so I network and I do you know, all those things, right? And um, the, it's not who you, it's not what you do, it's who you know, right? That's yeah. the, so we That's think, the oh. <laughs> so. And then the third thing that we say is that, um, we have, we need to have enough experience or we need to be credentialed. I can't tell you how many people ask me about certain. Welcome to Sweet Tea USA, where we know our sweet tea and we like it sweet. Sweet in the morning to get you through the day, sweet in the evening to put a smile on your face. And McDonald's knows sweet tea too. That's why you can get any size sweet tea for just a dollar. Plus with insulated large cups, your drink stays cold longer. Here in Sweet Tea USA, everything is a little sweeter. Ba -da -ba -ba -ba. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal as compared to prior large cup. Truck drivers, it's time to step up and get rolling with T-Force Freight. Drive for a team that's respected everywhere. As a CDL driver in Waynesboro, you'll learn $24 per hour with great benefits. Take pride in your work. Join the team at T-Force Freight in an essential job that keeps our country moving. Apply now at upsjobs.com slash Waynesboro Freight. That's upsjobs.com slash Waynesboro Freight. Certification and spending money on getting certified and it, or, or they've been in the corporate world for 20 years and they say, um, yeah, I have all this experience, but I don't have any credentials. So they end up saying, let me, um, you know, how can I get credentials? So the people think that those three things are the three keys, but they're actually not the three keys. And the reason I say that they're not the three keys, I look at them differently. I look at them like those are tools that you have in your entrepreneurial toolbox. The tools are, yeah, you're going to work hard. You need to be productive. Get to know the right people. Certainly get your credentials, learn what you need to learn, but look at those like tools in your toolbox. And the reason that I say that is because if all of those things are what I would call as soon as conversations, what I mean by that is we have a belief as entrepreneurs, we say, as soon as I meet the right person, then my business is going to take off. As soon as I get the right credentials, then people are going to think I'm I'm worth hiring. As soon as I get more discipline and get off my butt, then I'm trying to be rated G here. Uh, you know, I would probably say it differently otherwise. Then I will it will be successful. And so you you strive very hard for all those things, but you always feel on this side of success because you haven't yet accomplished those things. So I have three other keys that I will share with you probably after we come back from our, from our commercial break on what the three keys are that you have complete control over that you can use in this um, to build your business. Oh, I'm looking forward to that section. It's definitely. So I'm going to sit there and say thank you for that insight. And that's leaving it on a cliffhanger. So stay tuned because uh, this is going to end this segment of our show. And we'll be right back. You're listening to the Marketing Mindset Mastery Radio Show with Marie Mason. And we will go to a commercial break right now. So 
We'll be back after these after this. You're listening to the Marketing Mindset Mastery Radio Show. Liberty Virtual Solutions help coaches and small business owners in creating a clear marketing message that will attract paying clients through social media marketing for an increased marketing and sales conversion. Visit www.LibertyVirtualSolutions.com for more details. Welcome back. You're listening to the Marketing Mindset Mastery Radio Show. And welcome back to the Marketing Mindset Mastery Radio Show and with your host, Marie Mason. And Liz Wolf is our uh, guest again, and she's going to be speaking some more on this topic. And she kind of left us on a, on a cliffhanger. <laughs> so um, just, to, just to recap, she was a um, working as... And, and, and I'm hoping I can remember all the details of what you did before. So basically, you went from a technology background to being a coach. And her topic is on the three keys to abundant business. And she really left us on a cliffhanger. So we're going to have to have you go into this cl- to this detail now. So uh, can you recap a little bit for our audience? And then we're going to dive right on in. Absolutely. So as I was saying before we left on the break, that as entrepreneurs and as small business owners, solopreneurs, mompreneurs, all those folks, we're always looking for what's what's the key? What's going to drive our business forward? What's going to have me create an abundant business that I enjoy working in? And so the, the three most commonly perceived ways to get our businesses going that we're told by thousands of coaches and people out there are get to know the right people. work really hard, have good discipline and time management and get credentialed or get experience so that you can be uh, respected in the industry. And I, as I was saying, the the problem with those is that they are what you would call as soon as conversations, as soon as I find the right person, as soon as I get credentialed, as soon as I have experience, as soon as I get disciplined. And so what we do is we spend all of our time in our business working on finding the right people or getting those credentials or, you know, figuring out time management. And instead, what I've what I've discovered through the work that I do and then formulated into my three keys to an abundant business is that there is a cycle of abundance that if we follow that those things, you can use them as tools in your toolbox, go to networking events, but the keys are not those three. So we're going to, I'm going to start with key number one. So the first key to creating a successful business is to ask powerfully. And what I mean by that is what, if you would ask the question, what's the most, the fastest and most impactful way to get what I want And the answer is ask for it, right? If you want something, ask for it. So this is the simplest, most impactful way, yet people struggle with asking. And so uh, let me give you some examples of why we have those, why we don't ask. Well, for one thing, we have been, we've gotten um, what I would call mixed messages about what it means to ask. So I want everybody to, that's listening to think, or for you, Marie, to think, and for myself, okay, let's just say I needed help with something. How willing are we to ask for help? Because we all know that no, there's no such thing as a self-made millionaire. Nobody makes it on their own. Everybody gets help. Yeah, but just think about the, us raising children or raising or helping uh, seniors. It literally takes a village to kind of raise our children and for the seniors and for anyone else. So we have to have a support system. So yeah, and, and we're so. finding out just how true that is right now with this pandemic, with all the kids mm-hmm. being at home, right? Oh, we need all that extra support now <laughs> more than ever. So yeah, right. the I agree. can't come and the and soccer coaches that aren't there and all those people right so but yet there's this perception out there that asking for help is actually weak that if you ask for help you don't you should be able to do it on your own and so we have this mixed message where we say oh i should be asking but on the other hand if i ask how will i be perceived people will think i'm i'm weak 
we we also have mixed message that says it's rude to ask. So some of us were taught when our when we were kids that uh, when we went to other people's houses, we were not supposed to say anything. We weren't supposed to ask for even a glass of water. Why? Wow. It was rude, right? Right. On, on the other hand, when those same families would come to our house, that we would they would say. Oh, you know, you can have anything you want. So we got these mixed messages about like, it's rude, but on the other hand, it's generous. Right. So, um, so what, what ends up happening is, is that we don't, we don't ask for what we want. And we don't do that because of all these fears that we have about how we will be perceived. Now, the flip side is, is that when I say, you know, ask powerfully. Here's what I mean. I mean, know what you want, specifically what you want, and be bold about asking for it. And so, you know, you could use maybe even the word strategic. I'm not, I don't mean to be manipulative, but I do mean to be strategic in asking. And by powerfully, I mean, be specific. So in other words, um, don't just say, you know, let's say you would like a referral. Don't just say, hey, do you know anybody that can use my services? I mean, get on LinkedIn, look at their contacts, choose five that you're hoping to get a referral to, go to the person and say, can you introduce me to these five people? Hmm. Be, I like that. Be very specific about your ask. And, and that's true, not just of ask uh, something you want to ask of a person, but also what I would say, like even just asking the universe. Don't just say, I want more money. More money is $5. Do you really want more only $5? No, I want a million dollars. Be specific about that. Yeah, be specific on how you ask it too. Isn't that correct? I mean, because there's there's a way, because you, I noticed when I, whenever I've learned to um, write out goals, for example, and I had to learn that it's, it's, it's not just enough, and this is just an example, not even business related, but let's say someone that want, I wanted to lose weight, which is always my, and it seems to be a never ending goal, but um, <laughs> anyway, I'm always battling that one, and, and I'm not huge or heavy, it's just I'm over, a little overweight, and we all have a little extra, extra fat on ourselves because we've been sitting around for so long in the last few months, but um, but yeah. it's, it's not enough to sit there and ask, okay, or, or say that I want to lose weight and, and say my goal is to lose weight, okay? You need to get specific of, like, I want to lose five pounds by this date, you need to, and you need to put a, state, a time and a stamp and, a, and a really have an end goal in mind. Um, is, is that what you mean by being, like, specific? I mean, just so I could get some clarification for the audience. Absolutely. Yeah. You, yeah. Weight loss is a really uh, easy example to use because – we, we do know that if you're not specific, then it's too open. You know, mm -hmm. if you say, oh, I want to lose weight or I want to exercise more. So what does that mean? Make a commitment. How much, you know, how many, how many by when, how many are you going to, how many pounds you want to lose by when, but also like how many minutes are you going to exercise in the morning? What, what specific actions are you going to take? And that's the second part of my formula, not the second key. I gets a little confused. So I have a formula for success, which is number one, have a clear vision. And that's what the asking powerfully part is all about. What is your vision? Be specific, just like Marie was describing. And then the second part is what is the actions that you're going to be taking? Because that's part of the specificity of it. You know, how, how are you going to get there? What are you going to do? I think a lot of people don't have a clear agenda uh, or, or have a plan or have, because I usually, uh, a friend of mine and I, we usually talk about, okay, so we have to have a plan. We have to have an agenda. We have to know what we're going to do that day, what we're going to do this week. We're going to have like a clear map and have a strategy, you know, for whatever it is, whether it's personal or business. And um, I like to have a daily and, and daily and weekly and monthly agenda. So the people that I'm working with know exactly what to expect from me. They know that I will get it done on my end and then I pass it to them they polish it up and they send it back and we get it all worked out together but the key thing is you have to have a daily action plan and and I think that's that and, and knowing how to that's the part that I think a lot of people struggle with now is this something that you work with on on your um, coaching aspect I mean it's the how-to absolutely I 
I do the second part, which, well, the first part, which is the vision, then the second part, which is the what's the plan. And then I, what I do that's different than other coaches is I have the third part, which is what are the hidden barriers that slow us down? So I'll give you an example in the realm of asking powerfully. So uh, a hidden barrier. Okay, so let's say, so I'm working with you and as you say, I want more sales. Okay, okay, go, great. So uh, how many sales do you want? Five. Great. Now we've gotten specific. Okay. How are you going to do that? Well, I'm going to make 20 calls this week. All right, go make 20 calls. You come back the next week for your coaching call and you say, um, how many calls you make? Um, two. Okay. Well, what happened? Uh, well, called the first guy and you know, they, they, they said no. Oh, okay. And then I called the second guy and I only got his voice. I just gave up after that. Well, why? Because we fear rejection. So there's, a, there's an underlying fear that when I ask specifically for something that I might get rejected. The answer might be no. And uh, so, under, so that's something slightly different about the way that I work with my clients is I'm working also with you on the mindset part of that because until you identify what it is that those hidden barriers are, the fears, et cetera, if, you, if you're not... If you're not aware that you're afraid of rejection, well, most people are aware of that, but, um, or that you don't think you're worthy or you don't, you're unclear. You don't know what you want. You know, maybe, you know what, maybe you were never even allowed to even ask for what you wanted in your birth for your birthday, your whole life. So these are the things that we would get through. And in terms of that realm. No, that's great because you need to have the overcome some of those mindset blocks, I call them. And, and mindset blocks are usually like fear of rejection or unworthiness or, un, or unclear or, or anxiety even. They all interrelate to each other. Um, one of the things that I have learned about with sales and selling and even just in marketing in general is that um, this is sort of like my own mindset is – just because someone says no to your your services, because uh, it might be is that they're just not ready for your, they're not at that stage in their business where they need it. It's not always related to they're saying no to you and rejecting you. It's more of it's a not now kind of situation. Yeah. So, is that, am I hitting the nail on the head on that one? I mean, because that's sort of the concept I think we need to understand is, is in, and I'm hoping that you can kind of give a little more clarity on that one as well. Uh, yes, you, you really have hit the nail on the head. The, the, this is the thing about how fears will get in our way. Why? Because we made up a story. We made up a story that they're rejecting us. There could be a hundred reasons why that person said no. And one of them is what you just described. Maybe they're not ready. Maybe, the, maybe they're, you know, you can't want something for someone more than they want it for themselves. If they're not ready, they're not going to say yes. That has nothing to do with me. That has everything to do with that person. And so we take this rejection personally, like as if they are rejecting us. Why? Because it's our business. It's our product. It's our service. Oh, you don't want to be my, you don't want me to coach you, whatever. No, I don't. I'm not ready. It's too much for me. I'm not ready. And you know what? I don't want a client that's not ready. So it's the good news that they didn't. It, it kind of saves you time because what if they were what if they decide to agree with you and then they decide to go up and become participate participate in it and then what happens in and this is giving you just a painting a different scenario on how we're going to handle this and and my question becomes what if they end up you know agreeing to be your client and then all of a sudden they become your client and you feel like you have to drag them along because they're not quite ready and they take and they end up wasting more time with you isn't it better to find out now that they're not ready and move focus on the ones that are ready and then just i mean how do you how do you uh work with somebody who says a no is there like a way to nurture them before they're ready to take action i mean i mean i don't know everyone has a different perspective on that and i wanted to have your take on that actually yeah so this this takes us back to asking powerfully so i always assume that it's a no for now and i don't take people off of my list until they've straight out said to me i am never interested don't ever contact me again or you know they unsubscribe or something like that so i just assume they're a no for now and i'm just going to keep reaching out to them and i'm just going to keep saying you know are you ready now are you ready now are you ready now but see i'm not attached I'm not attached to that. I'm just, I want 
to, I only want you as my client when you're ready. So now I do want to transition into one other part about the asking powerfully, which is, um, you know, so people will often ask me, how do you get better at asking? And exactly what I was just saying is you practice and you do it consistently. You've got to practice asking. And that's one of the reasons why I don't take it personally when people, someone says no, because that gives me another opportunity to ask them again next time. And the more I can do that, the less, um, the less weight I give each ask. You know, the way to get over that rejection is make 100 calls and don't care about the result. Just keep calling people. Practice, practice, practice. I think what a lot of people, the reason why they give up too soon is because they, they care too much about the results. And instead, they need to just focus on who, the ones. What I always learned was, here's a, here's a great example of, of this. And that is, um, I was taught, and I did direct marketing for about 22, actually closer to 25 years. Um, and prior to building my um, uh prior to building my Liberty Virtual Solutions, a digital marketing agency. And one of the things we, uh, one of the examples we used to teach people when we were going out there to meet people and, and introduce them to our business concept, because you do, you have to give an introduction. You have to know how to do it in a, in a proper manner. Um, so it doesn't sound like a sales pitch. And, and there's certain, every company has their own rules and regulations, right? So, and own process. So the, the game that we used to do is we would sit there and take a deck of 52 cards, okay? The ace cards were our highly desirable clients, our like ace in the hole kind of clients, the ones that we really wanted to work with. So there's four suits in a deck, and there's what, how many aces does that make, Liz? Four. Exactly. I figured you'd know that answer. (laughs) Just took a while, Sad. So anyway, question. So you would go and shuffle the deck, you would lay out the deck, and then you would have them pick out. And, and you, or you would lay out the deck in front of them like a, like a fan in your hand or something. And then you would say, okay, pick, uh, just pick a, pick a card, you know. And then it, you, they have them show it to you and it would, or tell them, oh, is it, you know, is that the ace, you know. And then in, what you do is you'd have them keep picking a card until they find their ace, okay. So the goal is, did you, you put the stuff away, you know, to put the cards down. And as soon as you put the cards down, you know, you weren't worried about the ones that, that were not the aces. You only focused on the aces mm-hmm. and right. the aces that you worked with. So, I mean, those are our, those aces are the ideal clients. So that was the mindset behind that, that, that strategy of learning how to, um, what's the word, learning how, to, I'm sorry, I'm having some family background noises, so I apologize, it's closer yeah, to dinner yeah. time, but here, but anyway, um, so, but basically, the whole point of that was, you don't worry about the people who said no, because the ones that you put down that weren't aces, those are the ones that said no, not now, maybe later, okay, yeah. and then the ones that you're focused on now are the ones that were the aces, so kind of, does that kind of give a good illustration about, you know, not being attached to the results for you, I mean, Absolutely. And the, the something that you said, I want to go back to, which is you said what it, what it is, is we are attached to the results. And I will tell you that um, as we go further into our second and third key to creating an abundant business, uh, this is this is the tripping point for people. Exactly what you've described, because the um, the second key when I say, OK, now you've asked powerfully for what you want. Now what? And everybody says, it doesn't, hasn't heard me do this talk before, says, okay, now it's time to receive. But actually, that's not the second key. That is not the second step to creating an abundant business. The second step is to give wholeheartedly. And what I mean by that is I'm going to now go out and I'm going to give the thing that I want. And in very simple terms, you could say, you know, if you want time, give time. If you want money, give money. If you want um, anything else, you, you would give you give money, uh, give money, time, patience, love, like whatever it is. So when you are wanting to give uh, business, if you want referrals, if you're asking other people for, for referrals, what do you want to do? You want to give them referrals. You want to be constantly thinking about them. Okay, let me give you that referral. And um, so the, the giving wholeheartedly, people often think, oh, that's the easiest part. 
oh, I'm just going to go give. But it's not so straightforward because we're often so focused on our own results that right. we're not focused on giving. Yeah. Well, we got two more minutes. Can you can you sum up the third one real quick? And then we're going to go into, because you do have a, a, an offer I want to be able to have you share with our audience. So, and um, hopefully my family will be calmed, quiet <laughs> during this part of the time. Hopefully you can't hear I can't. them. I oh, good. good. Uh, that's a good thing. So anyway, um, so if you wouldn't mind sharing the last last uh, tidbit for us, and then we're going to go into your, um, you have a, something that's for our audience that, that want to have them miss that. So go ahead and share the third one of uh, the third key which i probably you could guess at this point is about receiving graciously and what i want to say about receiving is that most of us believe that we want to receive but actually we're not very good at it right and, and in all of these cases asking giving and receiving in all of the cases it, it's a matter of practicing it but if you think about people like lottery winners they tend to be bank, you know, they end up bankrupt for the most part. Right. Because they don't, why, they don't know how to manage their money. That's what well, it is. Yeah. If they, that's the that's the physical reality. But the right. mindset reality is they don't know how to receive. They don't know how to receive money. So it's not just a matter of having money. It's You cannot have something you do not receive. Right. I know that's a little woo-woo-y, but you can't have something you don't receive. And so, unfortunately, we are out of time, so we may have to have you followed up with it. I really hate to ask, cut you off, but I do have to wrap this up in the next less than a minute. So okay. um, I want to really thank you for taking the time today and coming out and having some engaging topic and about abundance mindset, uh, but having an abundant business and lots of valuable nuggets that you share with us today. But um, last chance to sit there and tell us what it is that you have an offer, and then I got to end our show. And so okay, well, thank that. you. Thank you for that. Well, uh, first of all, th what I would like to offer is a free 45-minute cons uh, consultation with me. You can most definitely reach out to me on my website, which is lizwolfcoaching.com. That's W-O-L-F-E, coaching.com. And on there, if you go to the Contact Me page, then you can schedule a time to have a consultation with me. So we can get with you about all of your questions about how to apply these three keys into your business. And I'm, I'm here for you. Please reach out to me. Perfect. I hope that everyone does take advantage of Liz's offer. She's a fantastic lady. We're actually friends in, in one of our coaching groups. And uh, she's a wonderful lady to work with. So um, thank you so much for coming out and sharing such wonderful tips for our business and helping our, our, our um, audience grow their business. So stay here right here on W4CY.com for the next amazing mar episode of Marketing Mindset Mastery that airs every Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern. And we are going to have two more guest speakers on our show next next week's show and they will be providing some tips on how to grow your biz, uh, business and so forth and this ends the segment for our show and until next time please stay safe this is your host marie mason for the marketing mindset mastery and we are going to uh, end now go to our radio page and check out the gifts from our speakers until next time this is marketing mindset mastery radio show with your host marie mason Are you interested in learning how great companies grow? The MarTech Podcast tells the stories of influential marketers who use technology to generate growth and achieve business and career success. Every day, we provide our audience with short, relevant, and actionable tips to help them master the art and science of modern marketing. Join the tens of thousands of fellow marketers who follow the MarTech Podcast. Just search MarTech, M-A-R-T-E-C-H, wherever you download your podcasts or visit martechpod.com.